Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome, 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 welcome to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Calvin Finch. And Trace is in. Trace Hazlett in. We call him Doc for uh, Dr. Jerry Parsons. We've lost Jerry someplace. So. He's, he's, he's wandering somewhere. Yeah, but yeah so. Admir- uh, tr- admiring the. Uh, so, my question to you, Trace. Oh, yes, probably so. My question to you is, we, we know what you had to say when Calvin was here. You had to get in how many zinnia comments? Three. Three zinnias. Okay. Make sure I got your mic. And then, um, so what is it with Jerry? Pen, um, Do you have vincas. any? Vincas? Microbes? My, uh, microbes. Let's microbes. do microbes. Okay. All right. So, yeah, call us at 210-308-8867 or... Uh, come on by and visit with us at 1604 and Verde Road. We've uh, got everything going on here. Uh, folks out here doing some shopping. Lots of great color. Uh, and uh, we can answer your gardening question in person. Trace has already answered a couple questions. So, uh, yeah, come on by and visit with us. Um, all right, so where should we start, gentlemen? What do you... Well, we... Well, one of the things, the, uh, the article today in Express News... Um, talked about that uh, that big uh, milkweed and butterfly program that we had a few months ago where uh, Millburgers and uh, Douglas King Seed Company and uh, Dream Hill Estates and a number of others were sponsored it. We had about 90 people attend mm-hmm. and we uh, all planted the milkweed and so uh, the article reports on the response we got. We've got a pretty good response Pro- the problem is of course is the uh, milkweed uh, native milkweed is uh, a slow it's a, it's a, all growing but it's a slow responder where and some of them the varieties we're talking about four years and everything so that that will be um, and I know Jerry will be very disappointed not to take <laughs> part in that discussion do they have microbes that's yeah. first one. one boom yeah damn we only mention only mention the uh, uh, the Oriental milkweed once in the article. I most mostly mention all the uh, all of the native milkweeds, in, including the butterfly weed, which we have or we had here. <laughs> There's some right there. Yeah, and uh, so. Well, we, uh, just a reminder to everybody, if you uh, haven't, haven't participated, uh, we're, fa- we're faced with monarch butterfly population being reduced by about 70%. And uh, we're trying to, uh, you know, because of the migration, complex migration routes, because of the uh, lack of, uh, the, the one place where we can really participate is the lack of, lack of milkweed. And uh, and that's that's the issue we're we're addressing. And Milberger's towards that end is uh, trying to has had uh, native milkweeds 
available from time to time. And, of course, in, in the emergency or, uh, you know, lack of native milkweeds because they're so hard to get going, uh, we've used a lot of, uh, of the uh, oriental uh, milkweeds, which the butterflies love. Uh, but uh, that's where Jerry would jump in with his microbes. Yeah. Microbes. <laughs> uh, it didn't go? No. Yeah, that was, that was not going to count. Okay. <laughs> Jenna is on the line and calling us at 210-308-8867. Hi, Jenna. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? Thank you. How can we help you? Whoop, Jenna. Hello? Hello. There Hello. you are. Okay, we got you. You're on the air, Jenna. How can we help you? Okay. Well, uh, I, I live in New Braunfels, and I have a uh, crepe myrtle tree, uh, and their ants have invaded it. They're making little slits in the tree on the bottom. Well, I think they're on the top, too, but uh, and they're laying their eggs in it. And so I've been putting uh, insecticidal soap uh, on them, which is killing the ones below. However, I think they're also at the top. Do you think I'm going to have to get professional help to get rid of them? Or? No, it just surprises me. You're, you're, you know what kind of ants they are? It surprises me. That well, they're... they look like just the regular fire ants is what they look like. Hmm. Now, they fire ants... Well, wouldn't, generally wouldn't penetrate the tree. They might, they might get some sap if it's available. But I, I suspect they're harvesting some of the uh, of our uh, aphids that are that are pr- pretty common on milkweeds. You didn't see any aphids there. Is there is there any blackening of foliage or stickiness? No, uh, uh-uh. it's just uh, the you know the little all the little slits. They have eggs. Uh, you know, like ant eggs in them. Yeah, but I think I, I think they're, they're probably aphid aphids. Egg. You want to use a, you know, you're using a, a soap there. Uh, you might want to use a organic control that's a little more potent, okay. uh, s- such as um, spinosad. Spinosad, yeah, uh, something with spinosad in it. So I wouldn't use organic. Can that would be oh. I would be spraying uh, Asaphate or a middle of corporate. Spell it for me. Oh, Which one? Yeah, you're going to have to do that middle. Well, Asaphate is isn't, isn't, isn't organic. I know. I, so I said I would not be suggesting okay. an organic. Well, I, if, if, it, uh, if it's what I think it is, it's aphids. And if it's ants, the spinner said, I, my experience is that the... That the uh, Spinosad would would control them, but uh, that that would be a more potent. What Trace is talking about is the one you know, asaphate is the old reliable one for uh, fire ants too, and that would take them within a uh, half an hour. Anything near there would be uh, fire ants would be done for. In my mind, okay. the ants are a cleanup crew for another problem, like like Calvin was mentioning. So either aphids or scale, uh, there, there's there's something else going on that you haven't noticed yet. That's why. But ants are generally never the problem. They're the repercussion of another problem. Yeah, and that's why I asked about the stickiness because all, all those things that Trace mentioned would leave, leave a uh, 
material, uh, sugary material excrement from the aphids and and the ants love it. Yeah, the the little eggs, what I call eggs, are uh, white and they're like uh, about the size of a pinhead. They're what? About the size of a pinhead. That's pretty big. So I, I don't yeah, see ants laying. I don't see ants laying an egg in an exposed situation. No, um, hmm. it's got to be. Okay. got to be something else going on. Yeah. Okay. Well, go, okay. Uh, well try one. Uh, try one of those uh, insecticides. A little more powerful insecticide, even if it is organic, and I think okay. that that will take care genocide? of it. Spinosad. Spinosad is the active ingredient. And it's not like just like it sounds. Spin, oh, sad, right? Okay. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, and acephate uh, is the uh, A-C-E-P-H-A-T-E. And if you just decide that, you know, doing it yourself doesn't work, you could call, you know, uh, Warren Remy over at Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control, and he could help you out. Oh, Okay. Okay. You, you need his All number? Right. I'll give it out uh, just no, anyway. No, I can look him up. Spider-Man okay. is the... Okay. Spider-Man. Okay. All right. <laughs> thank you very much. Good luck. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Too bad. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. So, yeah, you think it is ants, but we got to solve the problem first. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... A, a, Typical, uh, other than the cause of the, why the ants are there, that's that's a typical uh, behavior. I mean, okay, all all those uh, uh, plant material sucking insects like do aphids. Ants, do ants feed on aphids? Oh yeah, well, and they not, and not, they, not on the aphid themselves. No, well, they will, but they uh, but they mostly uh, harvest them or farm them. Farm them. So I've actually watched an ant take an aphid from one leaf of a plant and deposit it on another leaf of the plant so it can continue to multiply and huh. create more honeydew. Okra, the, 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 the greatest place to watch that is on okra. Wow. Hey, uh, I mean, they're up and down and they're protecting the aphids. Well, the they, ants are pretty clever. They're, all, they're also, when they, when they lose, the aphids lose their... Uh, Value to them, they're they're harvested and, and they eat them just like they eat every other oh. animal. Those ants can be pretty mean. I was giving them kind of credit for being very clever, but now it sounds like they're just mean. But they are clever. Yes, they are. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Or like I said, you can. Come on by and visit with us here at the nursery at 1604 and Bull Road. Trace on the porch with us. Calvin as well. So give us a call. We'll see if we can't answer your gardening question. What's some of the stuff that people should be doing now? Um, oh, anything come in? More? Theoretically, we had some stuff coming in. Uh, we had lots of stuff coming in. What uh, happened to the tomatoes? That's what I was asking. Well... So we sold out last Sunday. Oh no! And so no, I got a oh. chunk of them. They're just not. Oh yeah, here. I was. I bought the last. You, you four, yeah. The, the, well, there was still somebody that came oh. after you that bought the last remnants. But we got in about twenty flats this week, and we're probably halfway through it. And uh, what varieties? 
Uh, well, I grabbed a dwarf cherry surprise. Oh, good. Uh, but there was about six varieties. Uh, I'm not sure what's left right now. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I, was, I got intercepted or I was headed that direction. I'll have to check that out. See which, what were. Even, even the employees were bogarting the dwarf cherry surprise. Oh, were they really? <laughs> That's funny. I saw like six of them in there the same time I grabbed mine. But I'm guessing you have someone kind of important at home that told you to get some, and you better bring them home. She said, why did you bring me that? And also... The other one's still alive. So oh, she okay. Well, the, the concept of get rid of the other one. Oh. Th- there's a, the important grower there, but there's also the, her important advisor that isn't part of this team, too, you know, Milt. That's, oh. that's me. Is that you? Okay. Yeah, um, yeah we have a, a small problem, although I don't know. I should have taken a picture of it. What is it that attacks poinsettias? Little white things all up and down the stem. Is that aphids again? Probably. Okay. That would be something that goes after a poinsettia. Oh, okay. Poor poinsettia. It's lasted all these years. What are those aphids going to do to it? Not much. Oh, really? Yeah, well, unless you've been, don't you don't have any, seems like if it's been there for a while, you'd have uh, ladybugs and everything around it. Have you been spraying it or what? No. Oh, it should be. We have feral cats. Do the feral cats eat the ladybugs? Nope. Okay. Well. All right, Nancy's on the line at 210, so I don't do anything, right? I, I wouldn't, but. What's that? Ask fate. Oh, that's your answer for everything. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll have to check out the acephate. I'll have to see how we are. Nancy's on the line at 210-308-8867. Hi, Nancy. Is your comment a question or a, a brag? Well, it's just a question. We have a Meyer lemon tree that this year has gone bananas, and it's got so many lemons that they're, the limbs are, you know, really loaded. So the question is, do we cull some of those lemons or do we just let it go? I mean, when you say really loaded, I mean, they're like... Uh, the boat, the, the lemon is, is it in a, in a container or in the soil? Well, it's in a dead tree, and it's taken about four years to go through the limbs. And so it's, it's not in a container, no. It's in the soil. Okay, and, and, there, and there's, there's hundreds of them? Yes, hundreds. And and what what happened last year? There were none, or no? Last year, well, I think we got someone. Nobody else did. We got about eleven or twelve last year, fifteen, twenty, something like that. Uh-huh. But how this big... year it is okay. How, how big... big is the tree, John? Uh, no, how big did they uh, the fruit get last year? Oh, a little bit larger than a regular lemon, a little bit. Okay, like a baseball or tennis ball. Tennis, not quite tennis, not quite tennis. Okay, is that small for Meyer? Yeah, a little bit small, but uh, when it's the f- first year after, mm, this no is the fourth, about the fourth or fifth year. Yeah, well, I I guess I would take some, I would t- take some off, but I I think. Uh, if you don't, the plant's going to start aborting yeah. ones. Yeah. And then, on the, its own. then the other thing that challenges the foliage and the stems so much. So, well, that's what I was worried about. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I would pick and choose the, the, the ones that have the most support uh, and start 
removing the ones that have the least support. Yeah, kind of. And the general rule of thumb, if there's a, such a thing, is 44 leaves to one fruit. Uh-huh. Or 44 you could, leaves to one okay. Or you could do, you could, if you, your fruit was successful last year, you could, look, you could compare the size, and uh, if, it's t- if there's twice as much foliage, then you could allow twice as much fruit. Uh, okay. But that, 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 that would probably be successful, too. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. I just, you know, we, we're just concerned about it, and yet I sure. thought my thought was let it go and naturally these, abort it. You know? These, these yeah. hot, dry months, uh, you got to make sure you stay up on your fertilization and your watering. So uh, oh, yeah. you know, it's not it's not uh, uncommon for the inside of the, the fruit to not be very moist. Uh, well, kind of dry out. We'll this would be the months. Yeah. These would be the months that 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 damage would happen. It's almost okay. hard. it's very very hard to determine, I guess, other than what the foliage looks like on how much water it's been. Oh, right. it's so, it sounds great, but whatever you're green. doing, your mm. your Milton was right. You're worthy of bragging because yeah. the rest of us with the, the lemons are not having great luck. Well, we had, uh, like I said, some beautiful ones last year. What, but oh, what, fifteen or twenty last year? But hmm. we had something when nobody else did last year. Yeah, it was great. Well, we're going to have a lot, lot this year if we can keep the deer off of it. They don't really like it, but they can't come and take a nibble and then say, but. But there's so many of them. <laughs> if they all take a nibble, we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. All righty. So Sounds much. good. Thanks. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Cool. Thank Bye. you, Nancy. All right. We're going to take this opportunity to uh, take a quick break and that'll free up a line so call us at 210-308-8867 210-308-8867 uh, he's offering you this can you have some okay back in a moment on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 a.m. the answer I got Texas Back to welcome back, welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9:30 a.m. The answer 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Dr. Calvin Finch, Doc Hazlett, uh, here answering your questions and had some good questions so far, both in person as well as uh, had some good questions on the phone too. So we appreciate that. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, making sure that lemon is watered. Uh, if you want to uh, efficiently water uh, that root ball of the tree, the tree hugger sprinkler is a great tool to have, and Millburgers has it now. The tree hugger tr- sprinkler, you'll find it at treehuggersprinklers.com, and you can see a picture. Jerry has some stuff on plantanswers.com, but I'll try to describe it for you. It's a hard plastic, round, almost like a donut. It has a hinge on it, and so you open it up. <laughs> Thank you, Trace. And then you close it or hug it around the tree. That's right. And then you can turn it on just a little bit Uh to water the root ball or turn it on more. Oh, that's different. That's not what we get from Jerry. 
We get more of a duck sound from Jerry uh, to water away from the root ball. You can see it working. There's a great video at treehuggersprinklers.com. Millburgers has all three sizes, the 7, 11, and 15-inch, and you can also see it at HEB. But come on over here and visit with us at 210, or at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. All right, 210-308-8867 is our number, 210-308-8867. All right, did you want to – I'm sorry, were you finished talking about your article, too? You were talking about the – yeah, I think we we can uh, <clears throat> over the weekend we'll talk about it too, and hopefully we'll get uh, some of the uh, gardeners that participated. We had oh, that'd uh, be great. Yeah, we had uh, what over thirty here at Millburgers came and attended, and uh, t- they took home uh, uh, zeloto uh, milkweeds, and of course a lot of them got tropical milkweeds. Uh, and uh, so they're, well, so I'm anxious to hear how their plantings went. And then uh, and also we've, so I've seen, uh, somebody reported, didn't, didn't somebody report last weekend that we saw, they saw a uh, monarch already? Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't, we didn't see one here, but they yeah. somebody called in. Uh, but of course there's a, there's a lot of queens out there and a lot, a lot of the, uh, other uh, butterflies, so a lot of action. Yeah, we saw some pretty Gulf fritillary. You were talking about that. Oh yeah, there. That was pretty. What do we saw? The long-nosed or long-tailed sulfur. Long-tailed uh, something. Skipper. Skipper. Okay. Yeah, that that, that was, was close. That that was kind of neat. Well, somebody identified it for us too again. Yeah, I forget who that well, was. One of our. I think that was Mary. Mary? Oh yeah, because it right. was like right there. It was like yeah. right in front of her. Um. And that, that, that remind we need to remind everybody too that uh, Milkers has the uh, certified butterfly garden uh-huh. here. If you want to see the butterfly, the plants that uh, do uh, the best job of uh, attracting butterflies, uh, plus make an attractive addition to your landscape, uh, that that's what the certified butterfly garden is about. And all, all those plants are available here at Milkers too, and we. We talk about them. And, of course, milkweed is one of the keys. And we're attempting to uh, improve the, yeah, the number of milkweeds, uh, especially the native milkweeds available. And we, we've talked about it a lot, and hopefully we'll uh, have some more success as the year progresses. So you talked about um, the... Um the tomatoes, and then Trace made an announcement kind of put off the air. Something else is in that we were talking about? La Joe's. La Joe, oh. the largest jalapeno on earth. I used to call them J-Lo's, I, I, but nobody appreciated I, that. I did. Oh, did you? Yeah, okay. I did. Now, was this the hot version? Um, I don't think so. Good. It's, uh, all I know is it's La Joe. Both, uh, of course, both of them are, are good, but uh, that my favorite is that... Uh, uh, Version that is not quite so hot. Wonder, wonderful for uh, salad type and uh, seasoning, you know, and for on uh, what do you call those piles of cheese? Uh, well, you know, I'm the worst person to ask. Almost every pepper is mild to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but wait, do you, do you, uh, unless Trace is passing out, it's just not hot enough. That was kind of funny that day we had all those. Uh, uh, Different uh, packages of uh, very hot flavored 
Chips. No, chips, the chips, yeah. yeah. Then they followed. That was Lisa brought those. That was yeah. nice. And they followed a big article a week later, I think. I don't remember if it was in the New York paper or in the, in the San Antonio paper. I think it was New York. But that they were a big promotion. And, uh, and it turned out that the, the ones we liked the best were also the ones that, the, the, in general, people uh, liked the best. But they, they were surprisingly fond of uh, all of those uh, hot-flavored uh, uh, chips. No, people, oh, yeah. And people like the hot peppers. Trace is not alone. I mean, some people don't. But some people <laughs> love them, like, religiously. They, the hotter, the better. If it doesn't make you sweat, it's yeah. not hot enough. So what is the pepper that makes you sweat? Mm, can you take, I'm, can I'm you waiting t- on a penguin to see what that does. Okay, but what about the reapers and the ghosts? I, the death by pepper and... I've had nibbles before. Okay, and they... Uh, at first, they're nothing, and then they build on you. Okay. I see Ed, one of your staff people, and I, I think it's the sun. You know, he gets red, red from the sun. But I always, first thing I think of, a, he must have been in those hot peppers again. Hmm? But gosh, some people just react very quickly to both the heat and the peppers. And so we got the tomatoes. We're going to uh, see, oh. see what selections we got left. And as soon as we get a break... And then we, Are you going to do a mission? You're going to run. Huh? You're going to run out there and check for us. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. He's going to get the ones he wants and then report <laughs> what's left. I see. <laughs> yeah, that's probably right. And then, in, in terms of the flowers, of course, we've got all uh, uh, at least two different kinds of zinnias, three different kinds of zinnias, and we've got the pentas and vincas. And moss roses and plumbagos, blue plumbagos. Uh, so. I'm, I'm impressed with the uh, mallow hibiscuses. Oh, those those over there? So yeah, the pink the, and the red? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, and the striped pink. That's pretty. He's, at, Which he's one absolutely is that? taking Jerry's place. So. Yeah, he really is. What is the uh, pink one with the looks like a little white stripe? Okay. There's that one. That was pretty. There's the... Okay, check there's that a, one out, too. There's a deep red one back over here. Yeah. Oh, we did get in some larger Mexican bird of paradise. Oh, good. We hadn't been able to get those in a while. We got 150 of them in um, yesterday. Wow. I've seen those Wednesday. all around town. Oh, they, yeah. they look great. They're but spectacular. Most, most growing operations this year had crop failures on their first go-round. So we, oh. we were having issues getting and they were, uh, any. And they were also one of those most affected by the freeze, apparently. Too. Well, and I'm also thinking all that rain in April wasn't too keen for them. Yeah. Combination of, of events that didn't contribute. All right, so what is, what is that over there on her, well, it was on her basket. Sun. Now it's on the lantana. I think that's a queen. Oh, I thought you were talking about the plant. I was oh. That's a sunbeckia. Yeah. That, oh, okay. That we had on sale last week. Okay. Yep, yeah. they still look great. Yeah, they are. They're, 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 they're very showy. If you're going to have a... Uh, Event or a party or something. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, but about eight or ten of those, twelve of those uh, baskets. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't ma- you couldn't match that for. How much? What, what, what size pot is the Lajo in? Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. 
And are they look as good as Jerry was bragging about? Uh, they are nice. They're right there. On, you can't see them through the hug me tree. Oh, okay. All right, I'll have to get one. I think you should get two. Yeah, one? Two? Maybe even three. What? Do yeah. you want me to help you carry? <laughs> what, if you two? get two, I'll help they, you carry They're not going to get as big as your as a tomato plant, so okay. you can get away with a much smaller pot with a pepper. Okay. Yeah, because I will probably try to do it in a container. All right. 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867, and toll-free, it's 866-308-8867, the number to call, or you can come on out here and ask your gardening question in person. We'd love to talk with you and see if we can't answer it. And uh, did you have a question, ma'am? Oh, or can, can, we, can we ask you a favor? We're doing a radio show. Can we ask it on the air? You'll do great. Okay, grab that microphone. You'll be on the air, and these guys will be able to hear you. What's going on? Oh, you're going to find the picture first? What's that? You find the picture. I'll stall. All right. So uh, he's, he's good at stalling. Yeah. Uh-oh, and we have someone else bringing out some stuff. All right, so into the mic. We talk, talk into the mic so we can hear you. Okay. Um, I have two Monterey Oaks around okay. two years old. It's a new new house, so the builder planted them. I had an arborist come over to look at the one in my front yard. He said it's planted too deep. Okay. How long ago did you plant it? Um, two and a half years ago. Ooh. So this is the trunk. Who do I show those to? <clears throat> you can show it to Calvin, and I'll pass it over to Trace if that's okay. All right. Passing it over to Trace. Can you see it? Uh-oh, so the, 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 that's the trunk. So how how did he? There, is there any other symptoms other than it's deep? It's it, compared to all the other trees in the neighborhood. It's not it's not dying, but it's not getting stronger. The huh. limbs are the same size, and it's just not doing. It's getting taller. So the limbs are the same so, size they were two and a half years ago, is what you're saying. So in general, a tree doesn't grow the first six months to two years. You really don't expect growth. You might get it, but you should never expect it. It's trying to put a root system in the ground to match the top the, of the tree. Do you need the phone? I'm kind of looking no, at the no, bottom of the picture. Let me see. Tell, tell me how that mulch is up on that Well, trunk. I just did that, and I know I did it too too close to it. Let me, let me show you where the root. He said that the roots should be more at ground level. And when I show you how deep it is, if I can find it, right here. If you can look right there. See how down that is, even with the mulch to the side? Can we pass that to Calvin? Yeah. The mulch gives it an illusion that it's too deep. I don't know if it really is or it isn't. It is. It is. I mean, the arborist said it was, and I looked down there. I know a little bit about plants. Okay. Yeah. Now, if it was the reason I asked how long ago you was planted, if it was just this year, you'd just kind of it up physically and, do it. Yeah. Right. I, I, I would just get a broom and excavate till you see a flare root, and then stop and just make sure your berm is not up against the tree and is is out. So, do you think I need for them to come out and do what they call an air spade and do their little tricks that they do for do over two hundred dollars? Middle of the summer, I think that tree is going to have a problem with that. And then certainly don't fertilize in the yeah. summer, right? Well, I mean, if on an established tree, it's not going to be that big of a difference. But if you're going to be cutting off 
roots, that's a problem with this heat. Don't do it in the summer. I, I, I wouldn't do it at all. I would just get a broom and just keep it away from the tree. Okay. Yeah, and you could, if you, if it doesn't have the look you want, you just, you just make sure that that, you know, you've got six inches on each side of that trunk, and then you could do your little, beyond that, you can do your little mulch so that it looks, looks attractive, it looks orderly, but you're not, you're not uh, hurting the tree. The other thing is if you can get, you can just, you can just dig that all, so all that Even root bulb. with the original dirt, which I'm at TPC next to the Marriott, and it's the worst soil I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. Well, we it's have, awful. We've got a whole list of soils you can compare it to. Uh, probably just so I'm, mine's not the worst. Yeah, okay. It's the worst place I've ever lived, that's for sure, as far as the soil but I, goes. But I'm with Trace. Yeah, if you can. You're not still doing business with the tree, the tree planter, are you? Well, no, that was the original builder okay. people. Yeah. yeah. So. But I, I would just do, uh, just do that minimum, uh, that digging. And uh, what, Trace? I didn't see how large the rounded area was, but, I mean, if you could have tw- at least 24 inches around there. To, to scoot it back, have yeah. it at ground level, and then water at least twice a, ye- a week this time of year? On a two-year-old tree, no. Uh, no? So, no? One, once a week wouldn't hurt it, but once every two weeks is... And now, if you're, Jerry but was... But you got to put a lot of water. You yeah. can't just fill it up once or twice and say you're done. That root system is now as deep as a tree is tall, and it's wider than the tree is wide. Well, a tree ring, a water ring, water okay. bag, but okay. it looks like an inner tube, and it holds 15 gallons. Is that a waste of my time and money? It's In my mind, it's not the right... The, if, you use, if you use the berm correctly... I would just fill the berm all the way to the top, let it soak in. I'd do that four or five times. And as the tree gets older, you'll be doing it less frequently and further out. Right. Uh, but with more water. Right, because the sprinkler system gets that. Sprinkler way. system doesn't do anything for this tree. Okay. Uh, not, not, nothing. I no. I don't think it's basically spitting at it. And that kind of soil. Right. Yeah, the sprinkler is just. It does all right for a lawn, but our trees and shrubs just don't respond to that shallow. I but I think I think you I think you got the right you're on the right path. Okay, yeah. and then okay, and then the other one in the back, I think it might have a fungus. You can see what it's doing at the top. It's lost all its leaves, and then a lot of the other leaves are like totally brown, and they get browner every day. So what are your watering practices in that tree? That's in a common area, it's, it, and I don't want it to die because it's what I look at. So I'm going to take care of it personally. Okay, well, I'm, from Keep. what I can see on the leaves, the way it's crispy, it's still it's going to be an irrigation issue. Yeah, it needs um, water. Probably more than what it's being I can, given. Yeah. I, I can see it because I've seen it three or four times in my neighborhood for new newly planted trees at the top that, that would have been my guess without even seeing it, is that the deep, deep watering, that, that uh, root ball is, is dried out and is having trouble supporting that top. And, and look at it, too, to see if the, if the berm is incorrect on it as well. And see if what? The berm is incorrect. 
Oh, I think there's a berm. It's down at the regular level. Right, well, there could have been a berm, and they could have knocked it inwards instead of outwards. So okay. I'd, I'd go look at it, look for the same things that you were looking at your tree, and do the same things. Okay. And if this makes any difference, the previous one I showed you, two years ago when we had the super freeze in February, well, this builder planted all my landscape in January, 30 days prior to that freeze. Did that have anything to do with the stun of the... I mean, it went through that real extreme freezing. A brand new tree. Well, I hate to say it. I mean, it's hard to say that the freeze didn't affect... That freeze affected a lot of things. So, but that those trees are generally pretty tough. But it could have, yes. But, it, but again, you're expecting growth when you not necessarily should be. Tree, trees will not grow much until they have a root system that matches the top of the tree. And then, and then you also have, you also have the freezes, two years of drought. It's had a tough life. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, now you I got the heat. Time. Now you got <laughs> the heat. So, yeah, the deal is now to keep it alive, and then it'll be ready to respond when the conditions get. So Good for water, 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 water. I don't need for these people to come out and do their, forget the name of what the, If do. you're going to do it, this will be the worst time of year to try. Okay. okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Don't, don't, you don't have to leave. If you have more questions, it seems like uh, you might. So we'll take a break and come back in a moment. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Burgers Gardening, South Texas, on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Calvin and Trace are answering a question off the air. Meanwhile, I'm going to talk to you about Spider-Man, Spider-Man termite, and pest control. If you've got insect problems, if you've got rat problems, if you have uh, roaches or fleas or scorpions, whatever you got since 1976, Spider-Man has been helping people and both uh, families and homes as well as commercial entities remain pest-free. And I bring up that commercial because they count on it. It's uh, it's not just a nuisance. It's their livelihoods. So uh, Spider-Man can help you. Uh, and he looks the, not only, you know, to treat the problem, but what's causing the problem. Kind of like we were talking about with those ants earlier and uh, making sure that that's, that's taken care of, too, so the problem doesn't come back. Uh, Spider-Man Termite and Pest Control. Go check them out online at uh, GoSpiderManPest.com. That's GoSpiderManPest.com. Or you can call them at 210 210- Six five six thirty seven twenty one. You'll see all those great reviews. Folks have loved them. They've been with them for years. Spider Man Termite and Pest Control. Go SpiderManPest.com or two one zero six five six thirty seven twenty one. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven is our number. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven, and uh, you can come by like uh, this nice woman and uh, ask your gardening question in person. Uh, Trace, you want to kind of go over what she had because I was sorry we didn't get her on the air because it looked like sounded like it was like with the ligustrum that that was something that so you notice a lot. But yeah, no. ligustrums are inherent for that big black spot right. on the foliage. And in my mind, in all the books that I've read, it's not worth trying to treat. It's just inherent in the plant, and okay. eventually it will grow out of it. Uh, the only thing that they could really do to expediate the issue might be to take off the leaves that have the dot. Oh, and that'll... Uh, 
Well, I guess you, you'll get rid of it quicker is all you're doing. Yeah, it has to grow out of the situation. So if you remove the problem, it might get out of it faster. Okay. And the other one was on roses, and it didn't sound good. No, we're pretty sure it's the virus on the knockout roses. Okay, and we, we say the virus, you mean? The the bad, uh, the, the plague for knockout roses, I guess. Yeah. So, and she had said, which was interesting, that her friend in North Texas was... Uh, Yes. Talking about it and said, I hope it's not so, that. But it, so it really hadn't happened here. And it, I guess in the situations that it has, the uh, people have acted fast enough to not have it infect everything. Okay. Um, yeah, we're talking about the rose part of her question. Yeah. So y'all think it's the... Uh, this Is it a fungus? Is it a no, disease? It's a, it's it's a it? virus. I it's think. a virus. Right. A fungus would be easier to deal with. Yeah, the uh, question that when we came back on the air that she had asked was, um, she has three of them, three knockouts. Will it spread to all of them? And what was your answer to that? Well, that is the formula. That's the expectation if they're close together. All right. If they're... uh, Here in San Antonio, South Texas, we haven't had that happen all the time like they do in North Texas. So you would, if they're showing any kind of symptom, you'd get them, package them up, throw them in the garbage, get as much It's kind of like can. when your tomato plant gets spider mites. Okay. You shouldn't wait. You just dispose it, get, go your two weeks without a tomato plant and plant your new one. So... But in you, this case, I wouldn't plant another rose back in that spot, though. Okay. And she, uh, she asked about what she could plant to replace it. And I said, uh, I didn't come up with the great ideas. I was thinking of some of the medium, uh, small, medium-sized crepe myrtles or other things. But uh, I told her she would have a, some time to think about it at least because that, uh, she probably wouldn't want to plant anything until spring. That makes sense. All so. right. 210-308-8867 or come by Millburgers and ask your gardening question in person. Trace is on the porch with us today in for Dr. Calvin Finch and I'm sorry, in for Dr. Jerry Parsons. Calvin is to my right. On the right-hand side of your radio, you'll see Calvin. Trace is on the left. Uh, I'm in the middle. And Jerry is someplace out there in the... Yes. Under the table someplace. Somewhere. No. Yeah. So uh, we welcome your calls. Maybe some... Uh, I guess we were too late for tomato reports. I still have tomatoes on my plants that I haven't. Oh, okay. That's right. We never got to the uh, to check out the tomatoes either. We'll have to do that next week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Let's see. We have Reva on the line at 210-308-8867. Reva, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you, and y'all sound like y'all are doing good. Yeah, we're doing well. Thank you for asking. What's going on? I have a real minor question. I mean, it's not probably worth calling, but I think it was Tracy that said nothing is, everything is good, you know, when you call. Uh, I can't come out there to get any plants or anything, but what I'm going to, because I've been injured so much. And I keep on injuring myself because I work outside. You know, I'm 85. I should behave. But anyway, uh, I have a, I 
have a. I heard that you could make a vine out of of sweet potato. What about a, what about the sweet potato vine? She heard you could make it. You say you meant you could make your own, or you could. Yeah, uh, I have. Do, a sweet I know we sell them. Oh yeah, we the, we uh, got uh, ornamental versions. The, the uh, oh, but she has her own sweet potatoes. What should can she make? Does can she? she I, or is she I talking about that, as ornamental? Well, if she's doing a regular one, I mean that's no, it's I, a regular one. So I think uh, April, March a, or April would have been a better. A yeah. oh, okay. About eighteen inches. It's worth a try, but as far as normally for production and all that, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to start those in uh, in April. Do you want production, or you just want the look? Reva? Well, I uh, I want to take the sweet potato I got and make a vine out of it because it's got the the uh, what do you call it? Not the roots, well, the things all the way up, a whole uh-huh. bunch of them. Do you do you have the soil? Would you plant it in a garden or where? No, I'm gonna. I want to put it in a glass with something for the house. Okay. Well, well, you don't need to put the whole sweet potato in there. Just a little piece of that potato with that root on there will will fill up whatever uh, soil space you got available. And if you want to experiment a little bit, we've got. Ornamental sweet I'm not potatoes. Going, uh, do I put the, like if I'm going to put it in a vase? Do I put soil in it? You, you can, but you don't have to. But you need something uh, to drain. The sweet potato already has those sprouts all the way up about a foot and a half, a whole bunch of them. Yeah, well, see that that's a decision you can have made. That's the way they all do. You can just cut it. Everything off except for one small piece, if you want, and that'll grow up. So, if you want to want it to fit your ornamental vase, just uh, do whatever. T- the thing will grow no matter what you do. It's does, does your vase have a drain hole in it? I don't have a vase yet. Okay, okay. so yeah. what, whatever container I was you're going to put it. Good. Yeah, what Trace is saying, though, if, when you get one, make sure that that it does have a drain hole in it. Oh. So, in other words, in the vase, put the, the sweet potato with water. Well, no, no it could be soil or, or, or it could be water, yeah. I mean, this is going to be okay inside the house? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people okay. grow. Now, now keep in mind these are aggressive plants, and they'll take as much space as you you give them. So oh. don't uh, don't hesitate to do some pruning. Oh, okay. All right, I think I got it. I'll try so it. When you say she just cuts off a piece, is she cutting it off below where it's growing? That little eighteen-inch green that's growing out of the t- potato wherever she cuts wherever she cuts so she's, she's going to cut be a, a piece of potato and just put it oh she, she'll be successful i suspect how big a piece but a little I, I would do a little little of the corner of the sweet tater and okay with uh with a little bit of that root and maybe one of the stems on there oh. all right 
Okay. And if you, if I don't know if you, if you were, uh, get on the computer, but uh, there, there's a discussion, I believe, on PlantAnswers.com on uh, using uh, sweet potatoes for decoration. Hmm. Oh, okay. PlantAnswers.com. Okay, I got it. Well, thank okay, you good very luck. much. Yeah, tell us what, okay, you, what yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah give it. Keep... And be safe. Well, you too, and... Uh... No, I don't want to advise you, but you need to be careful out in the yard. You know, I'm not being I know. pushy. I know. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm bad. I'm 85, and I'm from Virginia. But that I may be why you're 85. That may be. Getting outside and doing stuff, uh, that's, that's a well, good thing. Well, I've already messed up my spine, and I already broke my legs three times. Oh, my goodness. And I broke my coccyx area. And I think the other day I broke my uh, cervix up here. I have to go to the doctor. Oh, okay. I'm wow. all messed up. But anyway, uh, you I'm be careful. Still, still moving. Good. Y'all take oh. very good care of yourself, and God bless you. I listen to y'all's uh, all right. you know, you. on the radio Bye-bye. all the time. But when I go to my house, I'm at my son's house, I'll be calling you because i got a lot of stuff to ask you about my house. Good. Okay. We look forward okay, to hearing then. from you. Y'all All take right. care and God bless you and be safe. You too. Thanks. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Yes, sir. Were you going to say something? You? No, it just always amazes me that it's hard to realize how prone towards growth those sweet potatoes are. Is that right? Yeah. It's, it's almost impossible to get them to stop growing a little you break off a little piece accidentally or... Uh, yeah, and y'all advised me one time to cut off like a little chunk below that and then plant that in a, a hanging basket, and I did. And it worked out well for a while. I think it froze. I don't think we took it in or something. Something happened to it, but it was pretty for a while. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, it was nice. And it was, I mean, if I could do it, it doesn't require a great deal of work. Well, and these are, these are easy to, the ornamental... Yeah. Varieties are easy to work with. Well, talk about the ornamental varieties, guys. What do we have here? Uh, we have the, what I call Martha Stewart green, but it's a lime green. Okay. And we have a blackie, I think, is the other one. So it's like a dark purple. And will it do kind of what she wanted to do, which was grow through the house? And uh, Yeah, it's become very popular in the landscape. Okay. So I think it actually, the I don't want to say fad, but the fad started in Houston a number of years ago, and it finally made its way to San Antonio, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Okay. And it became very, very popular. And I I, I think it's pretty tolerant of both sun and shade. Oh, it, it's it morning is. sun at least. So we, we keep it in the shade here, surely, because if we have it in the sun, it's going to take a lot more water. Mm. But if you're using it kind of as a ground cover... Whatever you have, it's kind of neat on the edge of the of the patio too. When you, I remember, I think it's very pretty in the in the side of a pot, and it can cascade over the side. Oh, that's an idea. And uh, you just got to make sure it is aggressive. So you got to make sure it doesn't crawl up over your main plant too. But uh, it is very pretty in a in a pot. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break. While we do, you give us a call. Lots of great calls today. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. More in a moment. You're listening to Milberger's Gardening South Texas with Trace Hazlett and Dr. Calvin Finch. I'm Milton Glick, and we'll be back right after you get caught up with the news right here on 930 AM, The Answer. 
We're back with Milberger's Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 930 AM, The Answer. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening South Texas. Trace Hazelet in for Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch and myself here as usual. And we welcome you to come out and visit with us here at Milberger's. We're live on the porch. And you can come. There goes Jerry. And his motorcycle. Yeah, I think so. Um, but, yeah, you can uh, come out and visit with us at 1604 on Boulevardy Road. Come on up to the porch, say hello, and ask your gardening question. You don't even have to be on the air. Uh, and uh, you can call us at 210-308-8867. I checked out the tomatoes. They're looking good. Um, Thunderbirds there, the rodeo tomato. Celebrity, of course. Uh, tycoon. Red Deuce. Um the HN 968. Was there any left? Yes. Cherry Large, I know, was out yeah, there. Yeah, there's a good, a good supply of Cherry Large. Um, let's see if I can think of that. I think that's all I can remember now. But uh, I think that's about it. That's a good selection. And they look good. Uh, so uh, if you uh, want to get your get your choice of uh, of that, a wonderful selection, then you uh, need to get there to Millburgers and pick them up. I guess you, did you say you could somebody could call, or do they need to just come and pick them up? Uh, I mean, if there's a variety specific, uh, I would call, and they can do it as a, uh, uh, we're still doing that pickup thing where they can call. and yeah. Oh, curbside? Well, cur- that's it. Because we're doing We haven't time. done it in so long, but, I mean, we're still capable of yeah. doing Good. that. Good. And we're, but the, the, the thing about tomatoes, it's a fast-growing thing, so you don't, you, you know, you know, you can wait for a shrub for a, a week, but a tomato you don't wait wait for a week. But uh, no, that, that that's great to see those. And then, in, in terms of the uh, butterfly, let's see, we've got uh, we have zinnias. Zinnias, zinnias, always an all all star nectar plant. Got pentas, which are a very good choice for the shade shade for. Uh, nectar plant, and then uh, lots of uh, firebush, firebush there, and of course yeah, lantanas. A little bit of porter weed. Yeah, porter weed. You can't be if you want. You want to show uh, if you got uh, kids, grandkids, that you want to show a display of uh, of um, hummingbirds and butterflies and bees. All, all on one little plant. That's the, that's the plant to have. It's like having a display like Milberger's here, only and it's a, a single plant. So porterweed. We got the red, the the, the the dwarf red. A few of those left. Right. And uh, pretty sure some Greg's mist behind me. And then we got some uh, tropical milkweeds. Yeah. And some uh, native milkweed. Butterfly uh, weed. So, uh, lots of choices. We expect the monarchs. See, it's in July. We expect the monarchs. I always think of them as coming after mid-August, but they're they're very un- unpredictable. But they are, uh, September is where we really see them a lot. So it'd be good to have your and the tropical milkweed. You don't see uh, that they they generally will put will meet your needs for blooms uh, pretty quick so put them in full sun and they'll they'll do, do the job for you and 
course, almost immediately, uh, the queens will respond to them. They'll want to lay their eggs there, and then the other butterflies, uh, it's a very favorite nectar source, too. So, so which butterfly or moth do I blame for eating my bougainvillea? i got to blame somebody, otherwise my wife will blame me. Oh, man. It's, that's the Fred moth. <laughs> she might fall for that, but I doubt it. Okay. The, you don't see any caterpillars or anything? N- no, it, it happens every year. Sometimes twice a year. Huh. I'll have to look, uh, well, see if anybody in our, yeah. any our, of our audience. What are we looking for? Caterpillars that eat? eat that, that Bougainvillea. Yeah. Mo- like most I, of those things, they're going to have a particular plant that they like to lay the babies on. So there's got to be one specific to bougainvillea because yeah. it happens every year. Yeah, well, and this, uh, I, I have the sunflowers. It happens uh, to, me, to me to my sunflowers every year that way too. So, yeah, if you if you uh, grow bougainvillea, you know I, I was thinking of Robert Pointe. He he's a used to be a really a bougainvillea uh, grower. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he knew. Robert, drop drop your saws items and give us a call and tell us if the what kind of butterflies are eating your bougainvillea. Is there a butterfly looper? A looper? I see. How to prevent bougainvillea looper caterpillar damage? Could be, but I, I've not, not heard that. Well, look what, look and see it, what they call the moth or whatever it turns no, into. Okay, that might be a better. Where's your, where's our uh, Milberger's uh, butterfly expert? Is Mary, uh, is that Mary out there, darn yeah, sell, selling be. stuff again? Uh, the carpet moth. Carpet moth. What's it look like? Does it say? Uh, well, i got to get the picture. All right. Well, go ahead if anybody's got yeah. some, uh, some information. You're probably quicker than I am. So and I mean, meanwhile, too, we'll try to remember to check. I'll bring some literature tomorrow. We'll look it up. All right. Yeah, here's what the carpet moth looks like. Same. Oh yeah, it's kind of kind of in a uh, kind of a tra- attractive in a faded way. Yeah. Huh. I think I've seen a few of those on my windshield. Oh yeah. Well, that's maybe that's one way. How to get rid of uh, carpet moth larvae. This is from uh, mothprevention.com. No moth. Yeah. Moth slash prevention dot com. Wow, there's a whole website devoted to moth prevention. Okay, so if you want to look that up, I won't read it to you. But if you want to look it up, you can check it out. Ooh, clothes moth strap. All right, two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Hey, real quick, uh, if you come on out and ask your gardening question in person, if you. Uh, Remind me when you come uh, today, and we'll, we can try to do it tomorrow, too, but uh, I've got a pair of tickets, a couple pair, uh, for the uh, Gunslingers game. It's not this Saturday. Uh, this Saturday is against Carolina Cobras, uh, and that's uh, an away game, but next Saturday is also against the Cobras, and that's uh, Saturday afternoon at the Freeman Coliseum, so we can make you a winner. Just come on out here and say hello, and uh, we'll see what we can do. It's pretty if easy. If you've never been... yeah. It's very exciting. My wife didn't think it was, she was going to enjoy it, but yeah, uh, she's a fan now. She is a fan. I wouldn't be surprised if we have season tickets next year. Did y'all what? get a jersey and everything? Uh, no, we haven't done it yet. Okay. What's the score? 
What's that? What is this for? This is for uh, football, arena football tickets. Oh, San Antonio football. Gunslingers. Yeah. Yeah. So come on by and uh, check them out at gunslingers.com, uh, San Antonio Gunslingers.com. All right. 210 308 8867 is our number. 210 308 8867. Lots of pretty things looking out over the nursery. You there's know, a, there's a butterfly. We've got. Uh, uh, Quite a few uh, w- white lantanas there, which is unusual. That's a variation of the of the lavender, but those the, the lavender and the that white um, do the of all the lantanas. They do the best job of blooming in, in the cool spring and in the cool fall. Some winters I've even I've, seen I've go. Seen, I've go seen through. purple bloom all winter long, and white's always variable. One way it's going to either act like the new gold, or it's going to act like the purple, depending on the winter. Yeah. And so, so uh, one of the most effective ways in terms of using those lantanas is to have the, the summer blooming, like, like new gold and and the uh, orange and others, yeah, along with the. Uh, uh, He's spreading lantanas. Uh-oh, okay. You want to ask your question on the air with us? Or just tell me what it is. Oh, okay. He wants to identify. Trace, will you identify that for him? 210-308-8867. I don't know. Want to ask Calvin? See. Uh, see, you don't have to come on the air if you don't want to. But All right. 210-308-8867. Look like one of those weird fruits that you see in Asia. Oh, maybe so. Oh, he's showing some more. Like a squash with spikes all over it. Yeah, it did have spikes. That was kind of weird. Uh, maybe Calvin knows or. No, I, do, I, do, I don't. Oh, okay. I don't know. Did you? You didn't plant it, I take it. And what's, what's it growing in? It looks Turk's capped over there. Oh, we're doing it. Can we put you on the air for a second? There you go. Okay. Good. Tell us about it. This is a vine that's growing in my backyard in a planter. Uh, we usually grow other types of ornamental vines there, and this one just came out, and it's got some very large, spiky-looking fruit that's coming out on it, and uh-huh. the fruit is just white, creamy inside. I have no idea where it came I'll from or what it is. Where is uh, Lisa when we need her? Uh, she might be able to get there. Well, and do you know how he finds that? Can his phone maybe? On my phone, I have a little eye I can press on the picture, and sometimes it tries to identify it. No. I don't know how to use it. Okay, let's see. Hold on. I'm going to try. Yeah, there it is. All right, there it is. Let's see what happens. Look up, plant. Uh, it's looking it up. This is exciting radio. Um, okay. Wow. Results. Cucumber. Cinqua uh, towel sponge. It's, it gave two choices. One of... There's there's lots of lots of those wild cucumber variations, so there. That's not the one I'm used to, but uh, uh, it'd be in, yeah, it'd be interesting. I was thinking, would any of the staff recognize that? You think? I uh, may be the only one that might. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have to. So we need Mary to come to the. Well, I don't think Mary would know if Trace doesn't know. It's um, a little flower that it yeah. has on it. Let's see. What what could you look? Um, go to. Do you got a good? You do go to the computer. 
Yes, sir. Well, do like do like Milton did and go to uh, Wild Wild Cucumber and see if you see see if you got a little time can get some variation. There'll be there'll be several examples and see if one one of them can be. And I'm I'm trying to think of a. I'll look on the computer right now too. Hold yeah. On. So. All right. But it's, it could be almost anything if it came in one of your exotic pots that you're yeah. collecting from. Yeah. yeah. That'll be yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'll, bet, I'll, bet, I'll bet they're just a... a in, in fact, this is way at the end of our yard, and we have just decided to neglect that out there, and we have not been working on it. And then this just showed up, you know? Uh-huh. For, just to, to retain the ability to to identify it, Save save one or two of the yeah of the, the pods cu- cukes okay so that uh, so that if uh, somebody uh, visits or a gardener or something you've got you've got them to show and then if we um, we run into it we'll announce it on the on the radio and you can uh, you, listen to us you want to describe it yeah mm-hmm. it's a uh, it, it's uh, not not a it's a kind of a pointed a pointed cucumber. With sharp, looks like some sharp yeah. spines on it. We're used to those, the wild ones that are almost completely round. Um, and but this this one's got yellow flowers, and then it's got a, a long, squash-like look, but mm-hmm. really, really a. And it's like fur on the on the vine. You yeah, know? it's like a very real, and vine. real pointy, on the end, too. So. If anybody recognizes that, give us give us a call. And they're about this long. So six inches. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Six inches. Cool. Let, uh, uh, it, yeah. Don't eat any. No. <laughs> I was going to say, let us know if you eat them. But then I was thinking, well, maybe you wouldn't be able to let us know if you eat them. All right. We'll see what we can round up. All right. Cool. Thank you. I don't, I don't think we helped you too much, but good luck. I don't think we helped you too much. Oh, no, thank you very much. I was, been, my wife's been shopping here, and I, we were sitting in the truck, and I'm thinking, oh, okay. Here I come. Now I have some. I, was, to I do. was looking to see if there's any, any of the other gardeners that might recognize. Well, let's do this. We'll take a break a little early, and then if you if you see somebody, we can. Okay. Hang on a sec. 210 Well, hang Hang on a minute. 210-308-8867. More of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Uh-oh. Well, maybe not. Yep. Ah, okay. Alden, y'all talk for a second. Uh, and uh, I was going to see if you wanted to uh, go to the Gunslinger game, and I would make you one of our winners. You okay? Okay. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. And it reminded me because he had a police uh, T-shirt on, and it's first responders night. So first responders with a work ID uh, get in free next Saturday. We'll get one free ticket for each first responder. Well, that was good. Yeah. So a motion? Yeah. All right, you take care. All right, 210 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Eighty-eight, sixty-seven. All right. What else is going on? That was weird looking. Yeah, but there's there's so much variation. That, the wild cucumber did kind of look like it when yeah. you took. Now the ones that I had, 
you would have probably guessed because they all said Minnesota wild cucumbers. Really? Yeah. So. And, uh, well, I I saw some of the round ones, but they were in a, well, out in the field. And then I found them in a weed book. But yeah, I didn't see that sh- that, that sharp-shaped one like that. All right. well, well, another thing. How is the supply of uh, crepe myrtles, uh, uh, Trace? Pretty, pretty decent on small ones. Uh, the bigger ones we only get the once a year, so uh, yeah. it's dwindling. But we still have a decent selection. I think sometimes we overlook the the uh, value uh, or utility of uh, crepe myrtles in the in the landscape. The small ones you can. If there's yeah, a full sun situation, you can use them for borders. and. Well, they started putting a few up here on the end caps. Yeah. And, of course, you've got all, almost all the same colors as you do in the big ones. Like, yeah, I guess do they, they don't have, still don't have a big red, uh, bright red for the little ones, do they? Well, we did years ago, but uh, I haven't seen it in quite some yeah. time. But they're, but they're, they're uh, a compact... Uh, and the, any size you want. I mean, the crepe myrtles come in a variety of sizes that fit any landscape situation. 18 inches to 40 feet. And they got to be, but they do, full sun is the key there. Lots uh, of airflow, so can't do it right up against your house. And uh, uh, you still have you still have a list of, of uh, the resistance to powdery mildew and all. Uh, we didn't come up with a new list this year because of, of the varieties changed so so much. So, well, you kind of kind of watch for that. Most of the new varieties are are uh, powdery mildew resistant. It's not like the old days, but uh, but they're they're great, good colors, easy easy to take care of, uh, pretty drought tolerant too. I don't think the little ones are as drought tolerant as the big ones, but they're they're pretty pretty tough. All right, well, now we're going to take a quick break. 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. So, Val, don't go anywhere. We're going to come back and uh, uh, talk with you right after this on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The answer, is that one of your larger Mexican bird of paradise? Yes. Yeah. That's, she got one, too. So cool. Uh, and those are, what number, what size, is that the ones? So that, no, it's a number five. Number five, okay. Yeah, that'll be nice. How quickly do they grow? They grow very quick when it's hot. Oh, they'll... So when it's cool, very happy when now. it's cool, they don't do much anything. Seven okay. or eight feet. Oops, sorry, Kevin. There you are. Oh wow. In a year, or when? Yeah, and then they freeze back though. But oh, okay. But yeah, I see people who planted them in the neighborhood, uh, and they they're make, looking spectacular. Yeah, wonderful drifts. Yeah. Is that what it's called when you have them in a row? Well, you don't know, no, not in a row when you have them kind of a rounded, the rounded edge, and then it thins out. 
I don't think there's any set form for a drift, but I think seven or so it's nine. like a it's like a tree mot. It just oh, okay. keeps expanding. The seeds hit the ground, more plants come up. All right, and then we were talking last week about complementary plants, which I like Esperanza. Yes, red oh, yuccas. Red yuccas, okay. Duranta. Oh yeah, we did talk. Firebush, plumbago. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Duranta are really pretty. We haven't seen the good bloom for a couple of years because of the freezes, but that purple is hard to beat. Yeah, so what else? Um, would those all be examples, Esperanza, Duranta, uh, Mexican Bird of Paradise, of sort of super Texas tough plants that can that take this, what we're having? Well, it's, oh, the heat, yeah. yeah they, love, they love the heat. Okay. But they're all subtropical, so the minute you get flirting with uh, 40 degrees or below, then you're... Oh, no, no, I meant like, yeah, like yeah. now. But they, they're but they, they're root hardy, right? They love it, Milton. What? They, they love, love the, this? They love the heat. Okay. So they're super happy right now. Corrales, yes. Yes, sir? Oh, he was saying Thryalis was a, a oh. good complimentary plant. Is that Thryalis right there or no? Nope, that's one of the newer Esperanzas. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. There used to be some Thryalis there. Uh, there I don't was, see them right now. There's like three one-gallon left oh. before, uh, the, before the show started. Anyway. Oh, okay. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. And toll-free, it's 866 866- Three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. The number to call to be a part of the show. Is there anything uh, that we need to to bring up on the uh, sales list that's uh, special? Or we got that we met. We've given the tomatoes some attention, um, but uh, BHN nine sixty eights are here for uh, a small selection. Oh, no, Val, I'm cherry sorry. reds. I uh, did forget poor Val. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Val's on the line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. Hey, Val, I'm sorry, my my computer went down. I didn't see you. What's going on? Well, thank you for taking my call. Sure. My first question is, how do you get rid of old man's beard? It's get rid a of what? Vine has this has this a seed floats in the oh, air. Old a man's beard. And the seed is on it, and it just takes over everything. I don't know how to get rid of it. That beard, the beard, what? Old man's beard. Oh. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, I think I think it's the same thing. I I have a tendency just to, uh, I get it in my peach trees, so I, I, I pull it. I just pull it. It's, uh, it's, it's a pretty rewarding and relatively easy um, yank. I pull it out of there. Uh, of course, they'll, they'll come up. They'll come up a couple years in a row because they drop a lot of seed. But um, I don't. I don't think of a. I, I don't think it works for a pre-emergent. Um, is that? Do you know, Trace? Is that a perennial or is that a an annual? It seems like it's an I'm, annual, isn't it? I'm looking it up. Oh, okay. But it, but it, it certainly is aggressive. But but if you. If you kind of put a, put a little note on your calendar for uh, um, April fifteenth or May first, 
and that's that's when it's really easy to pull. Now it's a little tougher, but still, if you got your gloves on. Clematis vitalba. Huh? Clematis vitalba. I don't know that, that what the oh, Latin okay. name is. Well, if it's clematis, it's got to be woody at the bottom, which yeah. means you'd use the cut vine stump killer. Right. It, 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 it'll be a, a vine with a, it'll have a whole bunch of branches. Hmm. I'm, re- I'm reading uh, glyphosate. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, I would say it is sort of woody. Those, those roots sort of look woody. Well, so and, uh, what it, it's around here all the time. I don't believe it freezes at all, and I know nothing that eats it. So, according to what I'm reading, uh, glyphosate, which would be uh, Roundup, Knockout, Kills All, anything that's going to contain just glyphosate, used uh-huh. care- used carefully uh, to not injure the plant that it's on. You know, uh-huh. do you do you, do you have any of that? Uh, I think that's not a bad idea, that stump, stump killer. Um, oh, do you have any of that at home? Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you so experiment list, a little bit? that, too. Yeah. Okay. Just, you know, prune, prune it. Like Trey said, prune it at the base. And then, then all you have to do is dip it on that stem, and then you're not taking a chance on spraying a Roundup or anything on your, if it's on the fruit trees or, or on your... Uh, Oh, morning glories or whatever you know in the vine area. Uh huh. But I I think that that might work. Oh, what that website do do? We have a um, an outbreak of graspers this year. How how do we combat that? The graspers. Yeah, graspers. Okay, now the graspers. Um, the you, that that you do have to mark your calendar. What? March, let's see, I always did it uh, like March 1st and June 15th. Trace, is that the, re- the recommended time? March 1st and June 15th for uh, pre-emergent for, on... For uh, stick- stickers, is going to be uh, two to three weeks before it warms up for spring. So that could be anywhere between end of January to middle of March. Yeah. Uh, f- the summer application and natural seeding time is generally end of May, early June. And, uh, and, and what are you putting on that? What, are you spraying? So there's. You're spraying something on those. It's on a gran- It's a granule that you would put out three times a year to control the seed. And if you're looking for a post-emergent herbicide, uh, if it's in a, a lawn, the regular image products would help you right now with the temperatures. You can't use a whole lot of other types of uh, herbicides, but the regular image. Would help you control the existing plants, and you got to start a pre-emergent program. In general, using everything like you're supposed to, it's a two-year process or more of getting rid of it. It does work, but it's not a not an easy process. Um, let's see now. Let's the dimension and uh, crew. Yep, are two uh, the two products that seem to be most available right now that work well. For for the pre-emergent that Trace okay. was talking about, that's that's you start that in March. I start mine in March, but you can start it a little earlier if you want. But uh, this this year there wasn't much action until later. Um, but then the, that that second 
uh, that at least that June 15th is a, a necessary application too because stickers to the sandbirds just will wait until they get a chance and then they'll germinate yes they have a lot of seeds in them <laughs> yeah they're they're amazing uh, how, do, how do how do we combat the uh the farmer's red ant that's just take it over everything if you know where the mound are mounds are it's yes. easy yes so yes. uh Acephate powder would be my okay. go-to. So, uh, like ortho firant killer in the pow- in that dust. There's also some generic ones like surrender would be another uh, option. Same chemical. Uh, if you did not want to do it, uh, or if you wanted to do it organically, then I would be doing the uh, over the top. No, uh, the blue bag spinosad bait. I try to remember the brand name. Oh, I know Amdro is the other bait, is not, but it's not a spinosad. Uh, but that that acephate really works. It's, in, it's okay. relatively in, in, it's inexpensive too, and it, if, if you really like stinky pesticides, that's one of the stinkiest around. <laughs> I always, it always reassures me when I apply it that that, that it's going to work. Yeah, that's right. if it smells that bad, it's got to work. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I I have two pants that I think y'all talk about, but I'm not sure the name. I have this, um, it's a bush or it'll grow tall uh, pant that has blooms like, um, um, let's see, it, it's like a um, uh, brush, but it's, it, it's, it's giant size. Say, say again. I didn't. I yeah, you're you're breaking up on us a little bit there. What was it again? Sir, it was the pack. It's, it's, it has large leaves and blooms, and it has a beautiful smell, and like white brush. Like white brush. A native white brush. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? White blooms and a good fragrance. It's blooming right now. Sweet almond verbena is the only thing I'm going to come up with. Okay. That's a that's a perennial. Uh, it's not a verbena, and it's not an almond. It's just called sweet almond verbena. Um, it will bloom very similar to uh, like a butterfly bush. Conical, okay. white, uh, several feet tall. Uh. Uh-uh. That's that's the only thing I'm getting from the fragrance and the bloom size. Huh. Yeah. Sounds good. Val, we and need to run, is, okay? And I'm Calvin, since you're from Africa, and I think this pan is from Africa. It, it, it is a, it's a bush. It's a, with small leaves and um, has a little orange blooms that butterflies and hummingbirds fly, uh, fight over. Hmm. To get the nectar. You can't send us a picture, can you? No, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I do not know. I mean, I, I don't have the ability to do that. Okay. Does anybody but else in I, your... I've asked Calvin before. I know he told me, but I, I misplaced my list. That's what it is. But it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it, yeah. it, it stands to drop very well. 
and so it's a small, this mine is not a large bridge, it may get big, but without conditions, it's not, I guess it's about, oh, let's see, two feet, two feet high, and there's little bitty orange tuber uh, flowers, and like I say, the butterflies and, uh, and the hummingbirds, they fly all day over it. Not sure. Sounds pretty, though. Yeah, it sure does. Val, we need to run, okay? Thank you. I have plenty of money. You take care. All right, 210-308-8867. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk to Tom right after this. 210-308-8867. More coming up on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, we have Tom on the line at 210-308-8867. Hey there, Tom. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How you doing today? Doing great. Hope you all are, too. Hey, um, I've What's got that? A, uh, I've got a five-year-old, maybe seven-year-old Monterey Oak that has a lot of branches that are low to the ground, and I need to trim them up really to... So we eat around it and, and uh, to get the mower in. And I was just wondering what the best time would be to do that, to trim those lower branches, and whether I need to paint the uh, cuts or not. Well, best practices on any oak tree is when it's really hot or really cold, although I don't think you'd have an issue with that being a white oak. Uh, it's not anywhere near as susceptible. And I'd always paint. Yeah. It's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, in the old days, 15 years ago, they they said white oak was not susceptible. Now they list the white oaks along with the red oaks, even though I've never seen a white oak get the the disease. But uh, it must must work, must get it in the laboratory or something. But I, I'm with Trace on that. That's, that's okay. So cut so it, cut it, cut it now if you can stand the heat. Okay. Yeah, these are and be it, like. A, Pruning then, shear kind of cut. Yeah, and then paint the wounds. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, that's what I didn't want to do much more, more damage by cutting it when I shouldn't have. So that's great. I can get out there and do it. Appreciate you. Appreciate y'all. All right. Thanks. Thank you. It sounds big enough where he's actually going to be in the shade doing it. So yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Think that, I didn't fine. even think of that. Yeah. And what is that? That big old butterfly on the yellow lantern. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that that's a, it's either a black on a decline or a uh, giant swallowtail. No, uh, yeah, a giant swallowtail female on the decline. It's that's, pretty. What yeah. does on the decline mean? It means that in the, butterfly terms. Yeah, I don't think it's good. They laid their eggs and they're not long for this world. Okay. Hmm. I thought that's what you were saying, but I wanted to make sure. Yeah. Butterfly poor, lingo. I ling- poor butterfly. Lingo, I can't uh, wrap my head around it. <laughs> All right. So we got a little time left. 210-308-8867 is the number to call. 210-308-8867. Well, it was hot, but I don't think the humidity was quite as bad. No, I don't think so. And there's a nice breeze, so that helps, too. The breeze is wonderful. Yeah, the breeze is wonderful. What else, Trace? What else is going on here at the nursery? What else? Uh, we talked about the Lejos are in. Um, is that what he has? Yes. Okay. I was wondering. Um, 
what else is happening so here? well we, we're not limited to that pepper so we got we got uh, some that. of the some of the really hot ones out there too okay yeah. i gotta remember to get the little joel and uh and then i also gotta get uh, some more pentas and some zinnias for my you know, I don't recall seeing him coming back with a tomato after. Ch- oh, oh, it's, it's behind, right behind it's you. Behind me. Okay. Yeah. He came back with four, five what, tomatoes. Five. What did you get? I got two BHN 968s, and then one celebrity, one tycoon, and. Uh, so you realize he's going to be feeding us cherry yeah. tomatoes all fall long because he got. And you don't need two dwarf cherry surprises. And remind, uh, that's true. Remind people about the, um, we're, we're lucky we've got, y'all always point out, let's see if I've got this right. We've got two tomato seasons in San Antonio. Yes. Uh, spring and fall. And But the fall have certain requirements. Uh, you, you want to discuss that a little bit? Well, the, a lot of the requirements are the same. You just, uh, you need a, a fast producer. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and we've done a good job here in San Antonio, the nursery industry, and uh, the researchers, the horticulturists, to identify uh, which which of the uh, commercial varieties out there uh, d- do best for us, which can get to uh, fruit producing size, st- stop basically stop growing, and then s- concentrate on setting fruit, and that's just. It's a little less pressure in the spring um, than it is in the fall, because in the in the spring you, you don't have you're not trying to beat the cold, but in the fall you are trying to beat the cold, and you also have to deal with that complication of the this kind of heat. Yeah, and doesn't the heat affect the whether the fruit sets whether the the flowers set fruit? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, did did so he already say that? Did I miss that? No, he didn't. Oh. But we always... So you, but we, always, we sell heat setters. Everything that you've mentioned so far is a heat setter tomato, heat setting tomato? Okay. Yeah, that uh, it means that it, it's got a wider uh, range of geography, I mean, uh, temperatures when it can perform well. But the uh, last few years have not been the greatest on the fall. Uh, of course, the, 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 these last few years have been pretty tough on tomatoes in general. Mm. But uh, hopefully this year will be. Uh, will well, be my wife soon. is always a good experiment. If she can do it, anybody can. Okay. And? She's so well we're, trained. We're, we're going to have a fall crop. Okay. She's well trained. Don't you listen to her. <laughs> is she going to take last spring's of uh, cherry surprise and dwarf cherry surprise and bring it through the... She's going to do the dwarf cherry surprise. I, I do not think she's going to do the other one that he suggested because we just have way too many okay. little <laughs> cherry tomatoes. Well, what's, the, what's the one that's already that's still growing? They're all three still growing. They're all three still putting on new growth and blooming. But their okay. days are numbered. Oh, because? Because it's better to start with a fresh plant that hasn't been okay. stressed. That's good to know. Look yeah, at a, a, giant, a giant swallowtail, that one that you guys identified that the dark. Gosh, you, don't can see, t- you can see the shape of of the giant there. Don't tell him he's on the de- she's on the decline. Oh, sorry. Shh. 
But yes, talk about it, but just be careful what you say. They're very sensitive. Are they? <laughs> That's what I've read. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, this, is a, this is the same guy that makes people cry when he tries to talk them into getting on the radio. Did you see anybody cry when we talked? Not talk? today. No. You're getting much better at no. it. Oh, and you had a good question. I have seen Calvin make some kids cry. Yeah. <laughs> and one lady really got angry at him. She she knew Calvin liked birds, so she she gave him one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, wasn't his fault though. She anyway. What well, you had a question off the air too? What was that about? That they were asking you. They said you got or something about getting, an ash tree. Oh, okay. oh gosh, yeah. They, I, I thought maybe Trace would remember the name of that that bacteria disease that. And the bark, you know, they drip. It's not only uh, ash, but... Uh, slime flux. That's it. Slime flux. Way to go. And that, it was... they. The problem they had, they had a 40-year-old ash, and I said... Well, it's twice as old as it should have been. Yeah. Oh. And it was dripping really? on, on their on their wow. front, on their door and everything. And mm. so they... I said, there really is not... Not any action to take, but I predicted that it would be done dripping for the year for in two or three weeks. Uh, but it'll be back next year. And I, then I suggested always, you know, on a 40-year-old ash close to the house, that it's a good idea to have your, make sure your tree expert takes remove a look the, at it. Remove the branches that are going to fall on your car Ooh. and on your house. Because it will happen. Because I had the same look that you two had when you heard 40 years old on a Arizona ash. 20, 25 years is a pretty old Arizona wow. ash. Uh, I had a 40-year-old one until the uh, branch fell down and hit my new truck. <laughs> <laughs> the next day I bought a chainsaw. Oh. Uh, showed it. <laughs> I won. <laughs> it's not a competition, Trace. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... So you just told them to wait and see? Well, yeah, I told them in the short t- term, the stains on the house would be a small Compared uh, to situation. But that in the long term, the, the tree tree had kind of re- reached its capacity for life oh. and uh, was was a threat every day. It's on the decline? Like your butterfly that you... I did mention decline several times. Okay. What's that? What's Jerry's word that he mentions all the time? Kiss it goodbye. Something like that. No, it's no, it's a word that's always in these English murder mysteries. Uh, use the fertilizer, uh, but not uh, not abundant supply, but... A, oh, copious. Copious, yeah. I'd never never even noticed it until he started using it. Then I noticed it in these Other stuff? English murder mysteries. So, you know, several times mentioned copious. John is on the line at 210-308-8867. John, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How can we help you today? Hello, gentlemen. Appreciate your show. Thank you. Uh, I got a question about some bur oak trees. I have uh, about 10 volunteer bur oaks, at, thanks to the squirrels from my big oak, it's 65-foot canopy. They have come up in my fence lines and around my outbuildings. And I want to... I wanna, transplant them so what my question to y'all is when is the best time to dig up a three to six inch bur oak and how difficult is that 
Well, there's as much root system below ground or more than there is tree above ground. So, the small, it, the smaller the trunk, the easier, the better, the more chance it'll survive. Right. So this should be done when the tree's dormant, and it may cost you more to try to do this than it would be to buy the equal tree ready to go. Uh, it, it tends to be very expensive to try to to move a tree. I bought okay. a uh, I bought a two inch here at Millburgers for uh, $165. Of course, I think there was a sale. That was a few years ago, I'm sure. Yeah, that was a sale. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you kind of watch it, but it, they're hard. They're hard and they're heavy. Okay. So my but they're, one, they're a wonderful tree. My next question is then I have about 10 volunteers. Like I said, I've got a lot of squirrels. I've got this one big burr. That makes a lot of nuts every year. So, would it be feasible to dig up the little ones that are only, you know, a foot tall, and put them in pots and and try and sell them? You're gonna well, so you I mean, certainly, you certainly could. Uh, it's gonna cost you more than it's worth. Uh, I mean, I said, I mean, I've got a bunch of them that are less than a foot tall that, that yeah. I could take well, a shot shooter and dig up. You can dig. You can dig them up. That's certainly easier than those big ones. Um, but you would do that. You would do that in the win- in the winter time, too. Now, my oh. wife, we used to be a fanatic on that. She she did bur bur oaks and Texas red oaks, and uh, that that used to be her gift to everybody, hmm. and it, it it worked pretty well. But it is it is Trace is right. It's a lot of work, but yeah, it, it does work. All right, thank well, you, John. Can... All right, thank y'all. you. Bye, John. Care. Leslie's on the line at 210-308-8867. Welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Leslie, how can we help you? Oh, yeah. Hello, gentlemen. Um, I have orchids, like three orchids from HEB. I've never gotten to rebloom um, in my life. So I don't know. My mom said, hey, why don't you try putting them up in a tree? That's where they kind of came from. Um, it's a put them in a shaded area and it's what I think shaded and put like some garden wire around it and I put them upside down. Was that the right thing to do or I mean or what can I do to attempt to get them to bloom? What were they? Orchids? Do you you know what variety of orchid? Absolutely not. Okay. So (laughs) more more than likely it's going to be a philonopsis which is actually a relatively simple orchid to grow but most people try to grow them inside and there's not enough light not enough humidity uh the natural cycle of that orchid is to try to bloom in i think april or may um bob Bob webster used to do a bunch of them and if i remember correctly that's when he said that that uh the the natural season was and you had to trick them in the rest of the year to Hmm. get them to bloom um so in my mind, best results are in a bright lit, but no direct sun, covered patio. That's because your your AC, your AC is going to suck the humidity out. Uh, so inside, you can have them in, enjoy the bloom while it's pretty, but then they need to be outside and then brought in when it's going to be forty-ish or certainly less than forty. For a uh, southern exposure, if you're not in a direct sunlight. Uh, 
worked well for us for a number of years at a, a okay, window. Yeah, but yeah if you I stick- had them in a window. I was frying them. I didn't mean to. But I, I just tied them to a tree and said, say la vie, hopefully they'll bloom. <laughs> I didn't know if I needed to add anything to them or... Well, the natural, that is a natural place for them to grow. I'm, I'm not sure about the upside-down part, uh, but that is a natural place for them to grow. But you've got to be able to bring it in. Um, so oh. I'm thinking you've made it harder on yourself this this fall-winter. Um, so I, I would start looking. Leave them where they're at uh, okay. if they're doing okay. And uh, start looking for some orchid pots that you will actually enjoy looking at. If you're familiar with orchid pots, they're not a normal pot. So it's got okay. all kinds of holes in the sides, not just on the okay. bottom. And that gives it the natural feeling it's in the tree because it send out, sends out those roots through those holes and it holds itself to the pot. Uh, so a lot of the orchids that you buy, including here, uh, they're going to come in little plastic pots. And that's not ideal uh-huh. growing conditions uh, for an orchid. So start looking for pots that you're going to like, and then come on in, and we'll talk to you about when and how to transplant them into that pot. Thanks, Leslie. we got to run. Hi, Leslie. We're out of time for today. Call us tomorrow if you need any more on that. All right, we're going to say goodbye for today. Thanks for Trace coming in. Thanks to Al for doing a great job. I'm Milton Glick. Thanks to you for listening. We'll see you tomorrow on 930 a.m. This is The Answer.